Hey community, in today's episode, Matt sits down with Alex from Worship Ministry Training. They talk about how to set up administrative systems in your worship ministry and the importance of having these systems in place. There's tons of practical tips in this interview, so we hope you enjoy it. And for more resources, check out worshipministrytraining.com. What's up, Loop community, and welcome to this week's edition of Loop Live. My name is Matt McCoy. I'm the founder of loopcommunity.com. And today on the Loop Live show, I've got Alex from Worship Ministry Training. And we are going to talk about all things administration. So, so worship leaders, a lot of times, really focus on the creative side, the creative elements of leading worship, of planning a worship service, planning a worship set, picking out songs. But there's this whole other side of being a worship pastor, and that's the administrative side. And so we're going to talk about tools that help worship leaders handle the administrative aspects of being a worship pastor. So I'm really excited about this conversation. If you guys have any questions at all, type them into the comment box down below, wherever you're watching from. Ask questions. We'll take some live questions if we have some good ones. And uh, it's going to be a great conversation with Alex. So without further ado, here is Alex from Worship Ministry Training. There I am. Hey, Matt. Hey, Matt. Hey, man. So good to see you. So good to see you too. So stoked to be here with you and the people watching live and anyone listening after the fact, but thanks for having me. Thanks for joining us. So tell us, what is Worship Ministry Training? So Worship Ministry Training is a website and podcast, monthly podcast that I started eight years ago. It has grown into, you know, uh, hopefully a very helpful practical tool for worship leaders who literally just like got zero training. You know, most of us get thrown into worship ministry, like because we're musical And now we find we have to be a leader, a theologian, a pastor, a shepherd. And we're like, what? Like, I just play guitar and sing. Like, so that's most of our stories, I think. Um, So this is stepping into that gap and saying, here, let me give you the practical and helpful resources you need to actually lead a ministry. Because it's not just like, like you said in the intro, you know, music is like 10% of what we do, right? Um, There's like 90% of what we do off the stage. And so this is giving you the tools both for on stage, but also all the behind the scenes leadership stuff. That's what we do. And it's a podcast, it's courses, it's eBooks, and it's a lot of it's free. So yeah. That's awesome, man. What a great tool. So why should worship pastors have administrative systems in place? And that almost seems like kind of an obvious question, but you know, a lot of worship pastors are so focused on the creative side that sometimes we kind of neglect the administrative side. And maybe it's even a side that we're not super strong in. So why is it important to have these systems in place? Yeah, and I think a lot of worship leaders are like, I don't even want to hear about administrative systems. (laughs) You know, like they're like running in the opposite direction. Yeah, boring. But I just want to set it up like this. Like if you're listening to this and you lead a ministry, I I will strongly say this, and I'm proud to say this. You cannot have a healthy ministry without good administrative systems. Like I truly believe that, Unless you build a solid, stable, reliable rhythm of a ministry, it's just going to be chaos. It's going to be hectic. People are going to be frustrated. You're going to be frustrated, you know? And so I think it's really a selfish um, answer, but like how, how much do you want to actually enjoy your life? How much do you actually want to enjoy your ministry? How much do you actually want your team members to have an enjoyable experience? I think setting up a strong, stable ministry like rhythms and patterns and routines and systems and structures, like it's vital for health. 
Like you can't have anything healthy if you don't have stability. Like families can't be healthy if they're not stable. Governments can't be healthy if society is not stable. Like nothing grows upon instability. And so our job as worship leaders is to do what God did, which, you know, in Genesis, God brought order out of chaos and he created this stable, beautiful, comfortable environment where humans could thrive and flourish, right? And as leaders, we're supposed to mimic our God and we're supposed to bring order out of chaos to create a stable environment where people can thrive and flourish and have an enjoyable experience. And if we don't provide that for people, if if it's chaotic every week, if like we're last minute texting people to try to get our band together, we haven't picked the set, we're printing chord charts as people are arriving to rehearsal and the stage is a mess and it's not set up, it's not ready for them. Um, people are not going to actually um, come back because they're they're like, why am I going to give my time, my energy to this place that's wasting my time and energy? I'm not going to volunteer. And so then there's this vicious cycle. Now you don't have enough people on your team. So anyway, it's just, it all goes back to like my first statement. You can't have a healthy ministry without stability. Yeah. Because then you end up even, even, even more stressed out and fatigued. It really causes fatigue on volunteers when things are chaotic. I totally agree right. with you on that. If you don't have the set list together, if you're calling them last minute, it just slowly kind of eats away at a volunteer where they're just like, this is exhausting. And I don't think I can even do this. Um, right. And I would even add, like, if every week all of your energy is going to putting out fires and managing chaos, then you have zero energy and time left to actually build the things that you want to build and do the yeah. things that you want to do. Like, if every week it's just managing chaos and putting out fires, you can't song, right? You can't do discipleship. You can't because it's so chaotic. So, like, why not just build a system in place that just works, you know, works every week, works every month, and you can focus your energy and attention and time on things that you actually want to do, things that are actually going to move the ministry forward. So that's why I think it matters. So what kind of systems can a worship leader put into place? Yeah, I mean, there are lots of different systems and, and structures. I yeah. think what's what's helpful is to think of it in terms of rhythms and systems. So rhythms and systems. Rhythms are doing the right things at the right time, and systems are doing those things in the right way. And so we can talk about both of those, but basically rhythms are when you do certain things and systems are how you do certain things. And you can build, like I said, a rhythm and a system for pretty much anything in your ministry. And I'll give you a few like real life examples in a second. But um, I think the, the most important question to answer before you build any rhythm or system is what are you trying to accomplish? Like what is the outcome that you desire for your ministry? And once you have that outcome in mind, you can work backwards. You can reverse engineer your system and your rhythms to get you towards that uh, outcome. For example, like let's say you really want your worship team this year to become more of a family. Okay, that's the de desired outcome. So what do I need to do every single week to actually make that happen? Like what are the what are the the tasks that need to go on my calendar to move me towards that desired outcome? So once once you have that outcome, then you can build. Uh, a rhythm or a system for that. Um, and I, I like to say this, Matt, I like to say if if you do the right things at the right time, you'll get the right results, right? And mm. I might even add, if you do the right things at the right time in the right way, you'll get the right results. But some examples, you know, to answer your question now, sorry for that long, you know, tangent, but um, like an example would be like, 
scheduling, right? Like, when do you schedule? Do you have a set time to schedule your team every month? Like for me, it's like the 26th of every month. I send out the blockout dates on the 26th of the month. And uh, I mean, it could be 25th, 27th, doesn't matter. But around that time window, every, every month I do that. And then three days later, after everybody blocks out their dates on planning center, I send the actual, I build the schedule and I send the requests, right? So having that just pattern, because ministry is a pattern, like Sunday's coming every week. So why not set up your week so that you do the same things on the same days every week? And it's not like you're reinventing the wheel each time, right? So for me, Monday mornings, I schedule my sets. Um, Monday afternoons, I send my set notes to my team for that upcoming Sunday. And I just, it's like a, it's like a pattern. It's a habit. I don't have to think about, hmm, when am I going to send my set notes to my, it's just like, no, every Monday, you know? So that's, that's the rhythm side of things. If you want to stop and ask questions, we can stop there or I can talk about the system side too. I feel like that's such a good point that rhythms and the, and the tools are very different because you have to have the rhythm. You have to set aside the time to actually get the specific task done. And I love what you're saying about, you know, you just choose, Hey, on Monday, I'm doing my sets. Tuesdays are uh, getting the core charts together. Wednesdays is rehearsal. You know, you set a rhythm. Now the tools you use to actually do those things. Well, I'm sure we're going to talk about that in a second. Um, mm-hmm. There's a lot of tools out there. Um, what would you say? That, I think the rhythm though, might actually be the hardest thing for worship pastors to set uh, yeah. because the tools are, Awesome. There's so many tools out there that make the actual planning part of it easy, but it's almost the self-discipline part of setting those rhythms that seems to be difficult. Do you have any tips for worship leaders who maybe have a harder time setting those disciplines and those rhythms? How can you get started doing that? Well, a couple of things come to mind. One, you definitely have to see why it matters. So all the stuff we just talked about, like hopefully that convinces you that like, yeah, gosh, I really got to like stop managing chaos and just build a structure for my routines every every week because i mean like i said sunday's always coming it's not like there's any surprises so why don't you just get on the front end and get ahead i think one thing that might be helpful i can share my screen matt um i actually have a free ministry calendar for worship leaders it's a a ministry calendar template that you can take and you can literally borrow steal tweak and use for your own uh, ministry that I have like weekly tasks and I, I would like categorize those as like service related tasks. Right. And here's what you should do Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, you know, and Sunday. That's my, that's my schedule. Um, obviously my schedule and my routines and my tasks are going to look slightly different, but worship ministry is the same in most churches. So, um, this is your weekly schedule, your monthly tasks. I would call like categorize them as team maintenance tasks. Um, that would be things like scheduling and, you know, taking people out to coffee once a month and sending a heartfelt thank you message to the team, like little things that you want to do every month to do team maintenance. Then you have like quarterly type activities, team building things like mini golfing with your team, musical training workshops, biannual, annual. So I can give access to this. In fact, if if anyone listening or watching wants it, they can just go to worshipministrytraining.com slash resources. That page is all full of free resources. They can put their email in and this ministry calendar template will get sent to them, um, I think like within three days. And so if they want it, they can grab that. I also have like a um, like an actual calendar view of like what to do. And then the color coding is, I know I'm a geek, right? But I'm, I want to be helpful. That's why I make these things easy to understand. 
Um, so co color coding for weekly versus quarterly versus monthly versus. So uh, either of these are available. If you just go to worshipministrytraining.com slash resources, they can grab that. And hopefully that'll help them get a good head start on like how they can structure their time mat. So does that, does that kind of answer the question? Totally. Yeah, this is super helpful. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about um, the tools. So what or what types of systems can be put in place? So let's, we're not talking about rhythms now. Okay, yeah. So a system is how you do something, right? So I think, gosh, I mean, well, we can talk about tools or we can talk about systems and then we can talk about tools. Because um, I mean, like you said, it doesn't really matter what tool a worship leader prefers. Like, yeah. you know, what calendar app do they want to use? I don't care. Like, whatever they like. You know, what task management app do they want to use? What project management do they want to share with their other, you know, worship staff or worship volunteers? Asana? Tick, tick? Yeah. I mean, who cares? Like, whatever. Whatever you guys like. The, the point is not the tool, although we can talk about tools, and I can show you guys what I use. But um, the point is, like, designing everything to function smooth for you and for your volunteers. But in terms of the systems, um, I would say you should have a system for uh, how to audition people. Like, what are your A, B, C, D, E, F, G steps when someone comes up to you after service and says, hey, I've played on a worship team before. How do I get involved? If you have to reinvent that process every time for every new person who comes to you, like you're just doing extra work. Why not dial it in, figure it out and say, this is how we audition people. Or this is how we onboard a new team member after they, you know, get approved to be part of the team. Like, these are the training resources we have for them. This is what we want them to do. This is what we want them to read. This is what we want them to watch because we want to set them up for success, right? All of this yeah. is an act of service that you would do. I mean, you can even have like a system for how you organize your backstage area and like hang your microphone cable so that you don't have to look for the 20 footer when you need it really quickly, right? So, I mean, you could design a system around anything. Um, it's just about doing the work once, doing it well, and then you don't have to reinvent the wheel every time, right? Yeah, that's so good. So how, mm -hmm. what are some of the best ways that worship leaders can actually introduce these systems to their teams? I mean, you know, I saw this question beforehand and I was thinking about it and it's like, honestly, it's not even really... Uh, something that the team members have to participate in. It's something that is our responsibility as the shepherd of the team to develop the, the rhythms and the systems. Like your team is just the beneficiary of the rhythm and the system that you put in place. You're doing the work, they're reaping the reward, right? And so I, I, I don't think there's a lot that your team members really have to do. The, the only one that, I, that comes to my mind is like scheduling. Like I need to my team members need to cooperate with me in scheduling, right? Um, mm -hmm. And so for me, it's it's about training and when you onboard a new team member, and I can share my screen and show you a bit of our onboarding process for uh, our church. Um, I work at Calvary Chapel South Bay in Los Angeles, and we've put together like an onboarding little web thing. And yeah. honestly, I can give all these links to you guys and you guys can copy them and steal and borrow. I don't care, like this is all, you know, and actually, uh, Matt, I, I don't know when this, I know this episode is live right now, but I'm not sure when the audio is going to be releasing, but in about a month and a half, I'll be releasing a, a brand new course on my website called the copy me course, where I literally show you every single thing I do to make my ministry work every from, from set building to scheduling to how I chop songs for Ableton to all of that. So that'll be, if they want that, they can go to worshipministrytraining.com and it'll be up live in like 
what what is is it february so in the middle of march it should be it should be live but um i can right now i can give access to all of these things to to your listeners to your viewers um if you want i can share the screen and i can um show you a little bit of our audition process um at our church so this is an example of a system um and matt stop me if i'm going in a direction you don't want me to go down um this is great Okay. So basically when somebody comes up to me after service and says, Hey, I want to, I want to play on your team. I say, great. Here's my email address. Please email me. That's the first step in my process because I want to see if they have the initiative and if they're responsible enough to actually follow through. Uh, so I put the ball in their court, like, okay, like if this person can't email me, how can I expect them to prepare their guitar parts? Right. (laughs) So, so first they email me, then I would send them this link and I'm going to give your uh, viewers and listeners access to this. And it just explains, Hey, we're looking for people who are committed to this local fellowship, who live a lifestyle that honors Christ and who are skilled in their craft of musicianship. And there's a full expectations document that we want them to read right here. Your, your viewers and listeners can have this document as well. And then, um, it says basically not everybody's guaranteed to get a spot on the team. We, we want, want to partner with you to help you find the best spot. But then there's like a four-step process for the singers. Um, we define clearly we only audition singers who can sing harmony. So we won't even audition you if you can't sing harmony. Like we're not trying to be mean. It's just uh, something that is needed at our church. And um, so they, they click this folder. There's some MP3s and some charts in there. They film themselves singing the harmonies to those uh, songs and they upload them to this Dropbox file here. And then I follow up with feedback. That's the first thing I do is I give feedback. Um, I don't even say yes or no. I just say, hey, here's what I saw that was good. Here's a few areas that I want you to work on. And the reason I do the feedback immediately is because um, I want to initiate that coaching relationship with them right from the outset. And so, yeah, and then we and then we move from there into the audition, um, like in-person audition, if they have the ability to, you know, if I think their their video is is close enough to where they're where they need to be. So um, that is uh, our system for auditioning. Now, I can't remember what your exact question was, Matt. So uh, please. No, this is great. Keep walking through it. Okay, so if if they get um, into uh, the team or uh, on the team, you, you really want to begin onboarding them and onboarding means helping them understand your culture, your values, your vision for your team, and just kind of the expectations of what it means to be on the team. And so I have, um, I'm not going to open the webpage here, but, um, there are, there are webpages that explain our values. And I also give them these sheets in, in person as well. And then once they, once they, um, we talk through that, we begin the training process. So the training process, I send them some links. Um, these are just little, again, your listeners and viewers can have access to all of this um, and they can copy the text or change it for their own context, whatever they want. And, and it just explains what we're looking for in an electric guitar player. Like we're not looking for a shredder. We're looking for someone with a modern contemporary style that that uses influences like U2 and Coldplay for inspiration. Um, and it goes into more detail there. And then I, I can't show you, uh, well, here it says, these uh, watch these following online guitar courses. These are free online guitar courses that I found um, that are good. And I'm like, watch this. And then um, I have some examples of videos, YouTube videos of, of great guitar tutorials for modern worship songs. So I have one for gu- guitar, for bass. But you want to give them the tools. First of all, you want to set the expectation for what you're looking for so they know how to succeed. The key to being a great leader is to provide clarity. 
And so your job is to give clarity for what you're looking for in an electric guitar player, in a bass player, in a singer. And that's the like the online training portion. I'm just sharing what, what our process is because this is a system that we've built to get a good result. And then we begin scheduling them for in-person training. And for that, they just come to Planning Center. Um, we can talk about Planning Center because that's a huge part of, of our life, right? But um, they come, they, we, we schedule them as a training position in Planning Center, and then they show up and they shadow whatever position that they're supposed to be playing. So they'll watch the bass player with, they'll wear in-ear monitors, they'll hear what we're hearing, they'll hang out with the team, they'll spend time with us. Yeah, so that's that's that. And I don't need to keep sharing my screen anymore, but um, yeah. No, that's any, great. So any thoughts? Let me ask you this. Let's just say you set up a system, you know, maybe, mm -hmm. maybe it's how you hang your cords in the back room or mm -hmm. where you put your in-ear monitors when you're done with, with your in-ear monitor pack, or maybe it's, uh, you know, how rehearsal flows or how soundcheck flows, like you're setting up these systems. Mm -hmm. What do you do if there is resistance to the systems? So if there's somebody on your team that just will not abide by your system, like maybe they mm -hmm. won't. How about this one? You're using a planning tool like Planning Center and this person just refuses to accept invites in Planning Center. They just want to text you or yeah. something else. Or I don't know. Yeah. What I mean, that, this is this is the great beautiful part of being a pastor in ministry is you have to deal with difficult people, right? I mean, this is, yeah. this is life. So, I mean, Matt, I mean, how would you handle that if, if you had a team member who refused to show up prepared or what, what would you do? I would probably take them out to coffee and vision cast for them about why we do what we do, why we have right. the system in place that it's there to help them. It's there to help everybody. And, um, the, and I would just tell them actually very straightly that like, you know, it would really help us if you would um, you know, click accept in the email when we send it to you or decline, right. but right. just use the email that we send you. Cause that would really help so that we can really focus on other parts of ministry instead of having to hunt you down. Right. Yeah, Matt, I, you're so right on. It's about that relational. It's not like you're going to sl sledge them with a sledgehammer and like, you're off the team. Like that is not the way Jesus operates, right? He's full of grace yeah. and truth. He's long suffering. And so we want to be long suffering, but we also have to be full of grace and truth. And the truth is, if you want to be part of this team, the reason this team operates so well is because people are doing what needs to be done for the good of the team. And so it's just about having those conversations. But you, here's what I always tell people. You can't have those conversations down the line if you didn't set the expectation up front. So that's why the onboarding process is so important. Here's what we expect from our team. Here's what it means to be part of the team. So anybody who joins our team, I walk through all of this with them and say, you know, at, at the end of the month, I'm going to be scheduling out um, or sending out block out dates. I need you guys to block out dates. And here's the truth, Matt, you know this, volunteers are volunteers. And so sometimes they're just wiggly and they don't conform. Um, and that's why as a leader, our job is to constantly reiterate, constantly reiterate the same thing over and over and over. I can tell you every month I say the same thing. Please block out dates for plan for our schedule. We're going to schedule in three days. Really, really helps us if you block out your dates. Please block out your dates. And then when I send the schedule, please accept or decline within three days. First of all, they shouldn't even be declining because hopefully they followed the instruction to block out dates and I didn't schedule them. This is all yeah. in Planning Center, by the way, if, if people are wondering, like, what does block out dates mean? But Planning Center is a huge part of my workflow and I'm sure many other worship leaders. Yeah. But um, yeah, so I'm constantly asking them, like, please accept or decline within three days so we can move forward with this, you know, scheduling. So it's it's a pain, 
But welcome to leadership, right? I mean, gosh, how many times does God need to tell us the same thing over and over and over before we like start to slowly, slightly conform, you know? And it's the pastoral element of being a worship pastor. So, um, you know, this has been a rough couple of years, I feel like, for churches and worship leaders and worship team members, you know, not being able to be in church with COVID and, you know, people are feeling, I think, more isolated than ever. And I'm curious... Is there any sort of structure or system that you've seen put into place that helps encourage health and stability to your worship team? And maybe it's even just the pastoral part that we're talking about. Like, is there a system in place where maybe it's not just all about the music, but it's also about the people? Okay. Yeah, that's good. Um, Well, like in that uh, first screen share with the the rhythm list, um, there are very uh, relational tasks, if you want to call them tasks, in that list of what you should probably be doing every month uh, to continue to connect with your team. So like today at 3.45, I'm taking a guy out to coffee. I I try to do it like once a month. It doesn't always happen. But with like shepherding the larger team, there are spiritual um, practices that you can do to create stronger disciples of Jesus. And um, sorry to keep plugging stuff, but like there's all all these free resources. I literally have one of the emails that you'll get is five free ideas for discipling your team. And I can just share what they are right now. Um, But like one of them is a prayer partner program. So like you can just literally every month pair up your like two guys and two girls. And then you just, you pair up your whole team two by two, just like going into the ark. Just kidding. And uh, two by two, you pair them up uh, guy, guy, girl, girl, and you say, hey, your your job, guys, is to pray for each other every day and call each other once a week. And you do that for two months. They get to know each other. They get to pray for each other. And that, that weekly phone call checkup, now not everybody on your team is going to do it, but some of them will. And the overall team will be stronger for it. And then yeah. after two months, you, you switch partners and you do it again. And so that's that's a little simple system that you can put in place. Um, another one would be, hey, hey guys, this month we're gonna we're gonna do this Bible reading plan on the on the Bible app together, and um, we, we're gonna you know read it every day, and then on the seventh day we'll text we'll do a group text about what what stuck out to yeah. us, right? So that's something you can do, um, or even in between services, like what we try to do is um, we try to discuss the pastor's sermon with our team every week. So those are just a few ideas for just little rhythms that you can put in place that are going to help your team spiritually develop. But every, I don't know, yeah. Matt, you would agree. Everything in life is a habit. Like I choose to try to exercise five days a week, right? I choose to try to read my Bible every day. I choose to try to read a book that's going to help me grow every day. I, it's like you just build these systems into your life and you get healthy. The same thing is true for your ministry, right? Yeah. I completely agree. The uh, There's a lot of really great tools on this site, man. Worship ministry training. Thanks for joining us. Is there anywhere else you want to direct people to, to find you, to sign up? I'm not on any social really uh, personally, but yeah. uh, worship ministry training is, is everywhere, although I'm not really even that big on social. The website is the best worship ministry training.com. There's free resources. Uh, if they want to get signed up for the, all those emails that I was talking about, uh, worship ministry training.com slash resources. Those are all free. Yeah. Uh, the podcast obviously is free. I also have free courses there that they can uh, take for free without even having to put their email in. Um, yeah. And then I do have um, 
paid courses for set building, course um, set building, team building, uh, stage leadership, like increasing congregational engagement, and yeah. um, a couple others. But the new one that I'm most excited about is that Copy Me course because it's literally like I'm showing you how I use Planning Center, how I set up tags in Planning Center. Um, do you want to talk about Planning Center at all? Because that is a huge. I mean, that's just such a huge part of the yeah, tools we could that talk we about use. Center. We also have a question that actually came in that I would love to. Uh, ask yeah, as well. Go for it. Let's let's talk about that first, and then we'll talk about planning. But we have a question from Bob mm-hmm. on Facebook, and he says, um, "What thoughts do you have on an audition process that can't necessarily afford to be so choosy, you know, and picky, right? But can still protect the team from a member who's not yet ready, right? How That's do you find that a, balance? Yeah, Bob, because you know a lot of us don't have enough team members, and um, Maybe we're in a church where the excellence level is not like so, so, so high. And we just, we just need people with, first of all, look, you're, you're looking for a willing heart who loves the Lord, right? And Matt and I had a conversation yesterday. Um, well, that'll be on uh, my podcast. Matt will be on my podcast soon. And uh, he just said, it's all about the people. It's all about the people. So people over product every day, right? But yet at the same time, they have to be equipped and skilled for the task. Like I was even reading in Exodus where uh, Moses has got the instructions for the tabernacle and God says, find these two guys who are skilled in what they do and are filled with the Holy Spirit. So you want to find the same within your team. So definitely don't compromise on the spiritual standard. You will kick yourself for that. Um, But also don't compromise too much on the musical standard, because if you add someone to the team that's not ready and that's going to drag down the overall, you are going to kick yourself because now you have to probably eventually take that person off the team. Now, um, here's how I would advise you, though. Start with where you're at. Don't put anyone on the team who's uh, who's going to take the team down because I recently had a team uh, scheduled on a Thursday night service at our church that was kind of all of our lesser playing, less like, I don't know how to say it nicely, but not our best musicians. And unfortunately, the way we scheduled that team was we did it wrong and we put a lot of the lesser, the not great musicians on that team. And what was the outcome of that? It's every team is just the sum of its parts. So if you put a bunch of not great players on a team, that team's sum is going to be bad, right? And that was what our Thursday was. It was not our best, uh, musically best service. It was still a good time of worship and they're still wonderful people. But so you don't want to like lower the overall quality of your team by adding people who are less than what you already have. Um, Now, if somebody is close and you can spend time training them and developing them and helping them grow and like inviting them into your office every week and spending time helping them develop, go for that. Like if, if here's, here's where the rest of your team is and this person is here and you can spend five, seven, eight, nine weeks with them and get them here, do it, do it because that's, that's kingdom advancing. Um, but if they're just like not really anywhere close, don't add them. You will regret it. It's better to have a small team that plays well together than a big team. That's a hot mess. Right. And so I would say definitely, um, don't, don't, don't go too low on your standards, but Find ways to develop people to get up to the standard. And I always say this, um, don't rush to put someone on the team if they're not ready, but spend, but do spend lots of time off stage with them, getting them ready. And then once they're ready, you add them and you do that again with the next person and the next person and the next person. And pretty soon, everybody who joins your team is on that level. And I'll, I'll go one step further and say, eventually, as you continue to 
add better and better people, the people who are not as good will start to fall behind and you'll need to start to develop them or um, you'll have to maybe have hard conversations with them or they'll naturally see that they're just not able. The Lord, the Lord will deal with all that and he'll help you when that time comes. But those are just some thoughts that come to mind, Matt. Those are great answers. There, uh, There's a lot of great tools out there for uh, helping your team grow in their craft too. Uh, online tools like worship online, worship artistry mm -hmm. that you could send people, you know, training videos on how to get better at their guitar, at their guitar or drums. And, mm -hmm. but it is a interesting balance because you might have the same story. I know for me, I would not be doing what I'm doing now and I wouldn't be leading worship if someone didn't believe in me when I was 13 years old and a horrible guitar player and a horrible singer. Right. And someone, though, believed in me. Someone saw something in me. Maybe it was a willingness to learn and to grow or I don't know. But they they invited me into their process and their team. Right. And it changed my life. And if some if that person would have had too high of standards, they could have excluded me. And that could have changed my past 20 years. Yes. So I just I just texted the guy who changed my life because it was his birthday yesterday. And I said, Phil, you changed my life. The Lord used you to change my life and put me on and change my future because he invited me into the youth band when I was 13. Same as you. Yeah. Um, and I am who I am today and I'm doing what I'm doing today because of Phil Eisenhower doing that. So what I would tell, I think his name was Bobby who asked the question. The other thing to understand is you should develop other areas of ministry that are musical, but that are safe places for people to develop. So you should create a youth band. You should create a men's ministry team or some you, like people don't have to develop on the main platform. There are you, you should create other venues for people to develop and get the skills. So the guy that I'm going to go have uh, coffee with today, bass player, I, the first thing I'm going to do is put him into the men's ministry and let him get used to our team, our style. And, you know, that's a, that's a smaller context less musical excellence necessary watch how he does there and then move him up to the main sanctuary that's my plan with this guy so um i would encourage everybody to figure out other venues and develop other venues for example we're starting a yeah. choir here to to teach people how to sing harmony um because we have a lot of singers but they can't sing harmony but that doesn't do us any good for our main our main platform so okay we're going to start a, a choir and it's going to be run by mostly volunteers so just think creatively about where you can develop people. I think it's an interesting topic that I actually would like to just spit on for a little bit. If you're yeah, cool let's with go for it. it. Yeah. Uh, because I do think that if I'm looking back, you know, when I was on staff at a church, I definitely, I definitely had like high standards. I was always looking for like good musical quality. Looking back on it now, I'm like, you know, because I'm not on staff at a church anymore. Looking at it from like almost an outsider in a way, like outside church staffing. I'm like, you know, was I treating that too much like an organization? You know, like when you're hiring someone for a team, let's just say I'm looking for a web developer. I want them to be the best web developer in the world. Otherwise, they're not getting the job and I'm going to decline any applications that are for people who aren't good at that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So if I'm declining people on a worship team who just are wanting to serve and maybe they're not the best bass player, but, you know, they have a bass mm -hmm. that their grandpa gave them and they took some lessons and they just are really passionate about it. You know, was it wrong of me to decline them? Uh, because I'm almost like treating it like an organ, like a uh, like a business. When isn't the church supposed to be about community? Isn't worship? You know, what if we've actually made worship more about more 
about the music than we have about the people. And I just, I feel like I'm becoming more and more lenient on if someone wants in and they're a believer, you know, and they, um, I mean, I don't even know, maybe even if they're not a believer, I'm not sure what you think about that. But like, if they're willing and they want to be there, they want to be a part of the community. Isn't it as the church, as Christians, our responsibility to be like, yes, like, come, like, join us, join the group. Like, we're not exclusive. We're not like this club that you can't join. Like, yes, be here. And yeah, you might be horrible at, a, at base, but we're going to, I don't know, not have it cranked in the house or like not care, really. Maybe what if we're taking it way too seriously? What if we're taking ourselves too seriously, Alex, and and making the music so important that we're forgetting the most Im- the important thing, which is the people and getting them involved in community in a Christian uh, community? What, what do you think about that? I'm smiling because I think I agree with you completely that the American church has become, uh, I want to be careful because the church is the bride of Christ, so I don't want to use too crass language, but in some ways it has become a monster of, of a pragmatic, um, production oriented, you know, uh, consumeristic situation where the church has forgotten that we're just gathering in a room together and worshiping. No, we're all aiming at becoming a bigger church and a more, you know, excellent church. And there, there's nothing wrong with that. I was actually looking at the materials that Moses chose to build the tabernacle with, or that God told him to build the tabernacle with. It's all expensive stuff. So God's like, Hey, when you build my house, I want it to be high quality. So I was, I was, I thought I saw that yesterday and I thought about that, but, yeah. but I agree. Like, I think we've, created this like show almost and yeah are, we need people we who can ourselves the show yeah i just wonder if we're taking ourselves too seriously like do i think i'm bono with you too that like you're you're not good enough bass player to play with me right and it's like i just really wonder if worship leaders like we've started to like kind of take it way too serious mm-hmm. it's like listen think, you're not cold play you're not a chris martin or something yeah i, I <laughs> think know, there's a lot the to trick. that Matt, I think the the I do though also think that one we want people to be in their sweet spot, right? Like you yeah. want someone serving where their gifting is, um, and two, um, like you wouldn't want um, you wouldn't want a preacher every week who doesn't have the gift of preaching because that's going to be bad for the community, right? So you also wouldn't want a, a worship leader who literally can't hold a tune because that would be hard to sing along with and it would kind of be bad for the community so there is i agree with you completely and yet i also like see the other side so i don't really i mean we could spend a whole other podcast episode talking about this and i would actually enjoy it that is a whole other topic because you you just nailed a really good point in that the loving thing to do also as a pastor is to make make sure that someone is in their lane or in a role that they're going to thrive that they're not going to be frustrated challenged um, not confident, like you want them to be like in a role that they're going to thrive. And so I think there is a level of discernment then as worship pastors to know like, okay, this person would be really good here. Um, and maybe that is the key of like, if someone is coming and expressing interest of being a part of the community, getting involved, maybe that then falls on our responsibility then to find a place for them. Maybe Mm -hmm. it's not on stage. Maybe it's helping, running your monitors or running the lyrics or maybe it's serving you know on bass guitar in the youth room on a wednesday night mm-hmm. but that, that's maybe exactly we just need right. to get people involved 
Yeah. I did a podcast a long time ago, probably seven years ago, about like it was a round table with a bunch of different worship leaders about how they do auditions. And and something stuck out to me so much from that episode that I still think about it today. And it's that um we're like when worship leaders, we we never want to tell people we should never tell people no. We should always say yes and help them find where to serve. So once it's not like they're trying to jump over this a certain certain height of a hurdle, like you have to jump over this to be part of our community. No, no, you are welcome to be part of our community. And we want to partner with you to find out where God wants to use you. And so the answer is always yes. And let's see where that is, you know, and they have yeah. to be open to that because it might not be, you know, the diva up front with the microphone, which is what their vi- vision of their service is. You know, it might not, that might not right. be their best place to serve and it might not be best for the community either. So it's a, it's a lose, lose by putting someone in the yeah. wrong position. Yeah. And it's complex. Being a worship pastor is definitely some complex situations because it's not totally just like a business where you can just be like, yeah, no, you're, you know, you're fired, you're out. Like you, it's, it's different than that. And it's it needs, family. it should be different than that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Bob, that was a really good question that really sent us off on a little tangent there. But I think we talked about some interesting things. Um, and, uh, you know, we're running out of time here, but I want everybody to go check out worshipministrytraining.com. Worshipministrytraining.com. Go get these free resources. I'm actually going to go check it out right after this conversation because it sounds like you have tons of free guides on there, which is such a cool opportunity and tool. So, and, and I say, can I add this? Yeah, can I add this to that? Anybody who's in a developing country, uh, anybody who is in Africa or Asia or uh, Central America and who do, does not have, or Middle East, and does not have the resources to have your church purchase courses um, if, if, they, if you're interested in them, if you um, email me, alex at worshipministrytraining.com, tell me where you serve. Uh, and if it's in a third world country, I will give you the full course bundle for free. I will always do that until Jesus comes back. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I, 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 just like you, Matt, and your That's team, awesome. I, I want to resource the local church and the global church. And so, um, yeah, if, if your church is a Western church and you're, you guys got money and you can spend $99 to get seven courses, like it's not expensive and it's like hours yeah. and hours of training. So, um, if you, if you're, church can afford it and your pastor is down, like go for it. But if you're in a developing country, email me, Alex at Worship Ministry Training. I will give you them for free. That's awesome, man. Alex, thanks for joining us on the show today. Thanks, Matt. It's been awesome. Two in a row. We'll we got to, to hang soon. out twice. Yeah, I know, man. It's good. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks. Bye. All right, everybody. Great conversation there with Alex from worshipministrytraining.com. Make sure you go check out that website. Check out all the free tools they're offering there. I just love Alex's heart how he's uh, giving away resources to uh, churches outside of the United States, developing countries, and and then just building so many great tools uh, to help worship leaders come up with systems and processes or rhythms, also as we talked about, um, for the administrative side of being a worship pastor. So thanks, Alex, for your heart and for everything you're doing there. Thanks for joining us on the Loop Live show. If you have not already, hit the subscribe button or follow us, like us on Facebook, and we will see you next time. Hey, what's up, guys? This is Matt. Thanks so much for listening. Hey, let us know what you thought. Write down in the comments, wherever you're listening, watching from, what you thought. Make sure you send us a message. Subscribe to our channel, YouTube, Facebook, and stay tuned for more from Lip Community. Mm-hmm.